0: In this podcast, we're going to talk about how Shane Vaughn is absolutely obsessed with Trump. Saturday Night Live comedian Jim Brewer's departure from reality as he goes full QAnon. Congressional candidate Mark Burns saying he's ready to fight for a Christian nationalist state. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send an email instead, the email address is telltalemailbag at gmail.com. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up.
1: Hi, Owen. This is Sarah from Denmark. So I was wondering, where does the QAnon in QAnon come from? Uh, what, what's the deal with how that originated? Is there any significance to that at all? So I thought that could be interesting to uh, to figure out. So... Hey,
2: Have a good day.
0: Bye. Appreciate that. Makes sense that you're not super familiar with, like, the origins because you're not from the U.S., right? I think you said you were from Denmark. Basically, in the U.S., I'm sure your country has something similar. In fact, maybe it has the exact same structure. I don't know. But in the U.S., in the intelligence community, like in the FBI and the CIA and, and everywhere else, they have different levels of classification of information. So if the FBI finds out there's some organization that's planning some kind of a crazy attack or something, and they don't want that organization to know that they are on to them, they will classify that information under like top secret clearance or secret clearance. I mean, there are different levels of of information, where you have to pass these various different background checks and tests before you're allowed to have access to this kind of information. The highest that it goes, I believe, is top secret? Yeah. Top secret is the highest it goes. Top secret is the kind of shit that you discuss with the president, like things that are happening in Russia or things that are happening in Ukraine. That That's the kind of thing that, that is classified as top secret information. And nobody except for like a, a very few people at the top have the clearance to access top secret information. Well, the Department of Energy in the United States has another level of clearance beyond top secret, the Department of Energy. It's not like the intelligence community. It's not mixed in there with like the FBI or the CIA, not on the same level. But their next level of security clearance is Q-level security. I don't know why they call it Q-level security. They just do. So this person years ago, back in, I think, twenty. 18? I don't remember exactly. I don't remember exactly when QAnon first appeared, but there was a guy on 4chan that appeared. And by the way, 4chan call each other Anons. That's uh, 4chan and 8chan users call themselves Anons because they're anonymous. They have a number of different names for each other, but one of the names at the time was Anon. And this guy on 4chan was claiming to be a Q-level security clearance person who had... Secret information that the government was trying to cover up and so he called himself Q Anon He posted as Q being from 4chan and 8chan the group that followed him became known as Q Anon That's kind of the origin of the name, so um Looking back, in all honesty, why would a Q-level security clearance person, somebody at the very top of the very top of government, go to a scumbag website like 8chan that's full of real horrific fucked up stuff that shouldn't exist? Why would a Q-level clearance person go to 8chan and post secret information for the world to see that's ridiculous it makes no sense at all but these people aren't thinking that far ahead they wanted to believe it and so they do simple as that so that's the origin of the name qanon fortune and hn were designed to be anonymous so it's pretty difficult to track it not impossible but very very hard to track who is actually posting on these websites, and that's why they call themselves Anons. It started out on 4chan, and when it moved to 8chan, when the Q poster moved from 4chan to 8chan eventually, their writing style changed. That's how we know, as a matter of fact, there have been multiple different people who posted under the name Q. Our best bet is the first Q poster was probably Tracy Beans Diaz. She was an early adopter of the belief system, and she was an early influencer and promoter in the movement. And another guy, I forget his name now, Paul something. um, I've talked about him in videos before, but he typed something out on a web browser once and then moved the camera away, moved the camera back, and exactly what he had typed was posted as Q. So the guy had the login for Q. That video no longer exists. Anymore, he deleted it, but people who followed the movement in the early days have records of it and talk about it and remember it So the fact is QAnon was never somebody who was Q-level clearance And when it finally moved to 8chan The belief is that somebody who goes by CodeMonkey, basically the admin of 8chan, the website aka Ron Watkins, started posting his Q, took the account over, basically a hostile takeover, and started posting there, using the advice of his father, Jim Watkins, to kind of come up with ideas and stuff. That's the assumption, that's the guess at who QAnon was, how it was started, when and where, and when it changed hands and things like that. Hopefully that shed some light. Captain Gars so what really makes the whole Q thing extra improbable is how classified info is handled. Everyone knows that all classified data is need-to-know, and not everyone knows everything, so it's extremely easy to track leaks. Yeah, absolutely, but none of that information passes their mind, you know? There was a QAnon celebrity named Kirsten Weldon. She died of COVID recently, sadly. I think like last month or something, maybe even this month she died of, it, of COVID. And she claimed to have military contacts that had information that they were sharing with her about top-secret stuff. They, they were sharing top-secret information with her, allegedly. Really? You trying to tell me that military operatives that have top-secret clearance communicate with QAnon influencers, people who are viewed as conspiracy theorists to the rest of the world, You're telling me military operatives go to them first? It's ridiculous at its face. Shante Townsell, where did the child abuse arm of QAnon come from and where was Q when the Catholic Church abuse was coming to light? Well, the Catholic Church stuff, that didn't happen. And um, When did that happen? That was, like, 10, 15 years ago, right? When that really started coming out heavily. 2011, I think, is when that really started coming out. And they were moving people around to different parishes, protecting them and stuff. Is that right, 2011. I think that's when it was, when it all started falling apart for them. QAnon didn't actually start until 2017, 2016 to 2021, roughly. The child abuse stuff came from old anti-Jewish Nazi tropes. Basically, in World War II, there were a lot of anti-Jewish tropes about how they'd use kids in their religious rituals and, you know, religious ritual sacrifices and stuff like that. All this stuff that QAnon says about kids and all the things happening to them, All this shit is just old Jewish tropes from World War II, honestly. It's all of the same shit recycled all over again. Except this time, QAnon isn't explicitly calling out Jews like they did in 1940s Germany. Now they're just saying elites. They're referring to them as elites. They refer to them as the cabal also. That's a common word for them. Hollywood elites and stuff like that. It's all code word for Jews, honestly. The international perpetual scapegoat of the world at this point. So yeah, that's where it all came from. Um, The, the poster, the guy who pretended to be like Q-level clearance, he started posting a whole bunch of stuff called Q-drops. And they were basically repeats of old Jewish tropes. Uh, He doesn't actually mention adrenochrome by name, but adrenochrome is a core part of the QAnon belief system as a movement. Um, So some of it kind of rose organically. Some of it kind of just came out of the movement naturally. Like, this is where the conspiracy mindset led these people and they posted memes about it, and then the rest picked up on it and agreed, and that's just the way that it went. That's kind of how it played out over the course of a couple of years, basically. If you're interested in more reading, there's a book called—let um, me look the book up. I've read it a couple times now. It's fascinating. The it's um, book is called The Storm is Upon Us by Mike Rothschild. And it's all about the origins of the QAnon movement and how it got to where it is today. Absolutely fascinating read. It's on Audible if you're interested. They are not a sponsor of mine, by the way. That's just where I read it. Back when I was a young boy. First of all, absolutely love the intro. I appreciate how that started out. Let's continue.
1: Politicians had different tactics when they got... Oh, by the way, this is Louis, Missouri uh politicians have had different tactics of backing out of a corner and lately i've been really confused about this whole uh, uh uh cameo thing and i figured it out it's so that when they get raided by the fbi they have hundreds of thousands of extra hours of talking on audio that's bullshit
0: oh you have to censor that word out anyway your thoughts Later. Yeah, I appreciate that. No, I don't need to censor anything. Uh, it's fine. For those of you who may be unfamiliar, Cameo is this platform that uh, famous people go on and charge people to make videos. So you pay somebody like Caitlyn Jenner. Is that the name? Yeah. Caitlyn Jenner was on Cameo. I think the highest charging Cameo account. They were charging like $3,000 per video or some ridiculous thing like that you pay them the three grand and you ask them to like wish your son a happy birthday or something they get on there, and they're like, oh, happy birthday, blah, 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 you know? It's kind of ridiculous, but, you know, some people like interacting with famous people like that, so whatever. I actually tried to sign up with Cameo at one point, but they rejected me. I guess I'm not famous enough for them or or whatever. But I, I do find it interesting that you said politicians interact differently with people now than they used to. I think that's partly because... Christianity has so thoroughly infiltrated the political system in the U.S. at this point. I forget who it was, maybe Barry Goldwater. He was a Republican back in the day. He was a Republican politician before Christianity had thoroughly infiltrated politics. And he said something about being concerned about how rigid Christians were in the political system, like Christian extremists refuse to negotiate because they have these deeply held beliefs that they refuse to let go of. And if they ever actually get political power, we're all going to be in a lot of trouble because politics is negotiating. That's what it's all about. It's about negotiating to get what you want or what you need and giving the other guy what they feel they want or need also. Christianity doesn't work like that. They will have their way, or they will die trying. I don't remember the exact quote from Barry Goldwater, but that was the general sentiment, if I remember correctly. I guess he he probably never lived to see that day, but here we are now, man. Christianity has fully infiltrated politics at this point, and his words absolutely came true. So it's incredibly concerning to watch that unfold. And simultaneously, very interesting to know that there were people who saw this coming long before it happened. Even Republicans saw this coming long before it actually took place.
1: Hi, Owen. This is Jim in Pennsylvania. And I wondered if you thought that Robin Bullock wears a wig. (laughs) Thanks.
0: Bye. I appreciate that. Uh, Interesting question. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, let, you know what? Let's take a look. We're not trying to criticize what he's saying right now. We're just trying to figure out if the dude's wearing a wig. Let's watch this clip and see what you guys think. I've never played this clip on my channel before. Um, it's as ridiculous as all of his other ones. Check this out. See if he's wearing a wig or not.
3: I was standing on a stage and I heard this in the spirit. I was standing on the 11th hour stage and I heard I heard a conversation. I told the people about it. I heard a conversation about shipping. Shipping and ships and things like that.
0: You guys think it's a wig? I'm not convinced. He's got this whole aesthetic and he's had this aesthetic for since the dawn of time. He's had this aesthetic since he started, basically. The leather jacket, the black clothes, the necklace. It all kind of comes together in this big aesthetic that he's had forever. I'd be willing to bet His hair is real. He may dye it. That wouldn't surprise me. In fact, I'd be surprised if he doesn't dye it. But I believe that the hair is real, personally.
3: They're going to create a crisis. And they're going to try to create this crisis, and I told him, and I sent word to the rightful president of the United States.
0: Yeah, basically, he's, uh, in this video, he's alerting Trump that a ship is going to get stuck in the Suez Canal, and then it got stuck in the Suez Canal. Of course, completely full of shit, but we're not getting into the video. We're just trying to figure out if the dude's wearing a wig. I don't think so. I think his hair is real, personally.
1: Hey Owen, it's uh Ben from New York. I was watching some of your old Caleb and Sophia videos and I noticed how you mentioned that every single thing in there from the way people dress to uh you know, every little detail is very deliberate and I was wondering if that has anything to do with the father's accent, like if that somehow reflects um on like something in Joe's witness culture.
0: uh, Here's the thing about the father's accent. Nobody can pin it down. Nobody can figure out what it is. People from Brazil think it's Brazilian. People from Spain think it's Spanish. I mean, no one can figure out what the accent is exactly. From the beginning, Jehovah has always cared about people. What is that accent? What is it? Nobody can figure this out. If somebody knows, please please. Posted in the comments. Sadly, many of them have caused him great pain. I think it's honestly a combination of different accents to make him slightly more relatable to different ethnic groups. I think they were mostly trying to appeal to minority groups, make their organization more interesting and more desirable to minority groups. Who knows, honestly? Like I said, and like you pointed out aptly, every single thing they put in these videos is deliberate and intentional. So I'm sure that there's some reason why this dad's accent is fake and difficult to pin down. I'm just not really sure exactly what it is. It's a very odd thing to fake, right? An accent. Why? Why make up an accent like that? I don't know. Here's an email from Tate. Theocratic Warfare. Hi, I converted to be one of Jehovah's Witnesses from paganism. Interesting that Tate says one of Jehovah's Witnesses. That's a distinction that the outside world doesn't make, but Jehovah's Witnesses specifically do make. I used to call myself a Jehovah's Witness, and I was corrected by the elder body. They said, we aren't Jehovah's Witnesses. I'm not a Jehovah's Witness. I am one of Jehovah's Witnesses. You need to frame it in this very specific way so that people understand you to be one of Jehovah's Witnesses, make it more real for them. That distinction was not lost on me in the email. Uh, Let's continue. I converted to be one of Jehovah's Witnesses from paganism around 15 years ago and only started seeing the truth about the organization about a year ago. I was in a very dark, hopeless place, and I believe your videos were instrumental in not only saving my life but transforming it into something that gives me joy again. So when I say thank you to you, I hope you understand the gravity of that statement. I absolutely do understand it and I appreciate that. I remember being in the exact situation you're describing right now. I remember being in that situation myself when I was leaving the organization too. So I I deeply appreciate that. You did more for me with a few videos than the Governing Body did in many, many years. I have one question for you though. Before your videos, I never heard the term theocratic warfare. Are there any publications that use this term, or was it just something you heard spoken amongst friends? Again, thank you for all the work you do. It's touching lives, and it changed mine. Interesting question. I've talked about theocratic warfare before. The idea behind theocratic warfare is it's okay to lie and cheat and manipulate if it's in service to Jehovah, aka the organization. It's okay to cheat somebody out of something or manipulate them or lie to them if you are servicing the governing body. That's the idea behind Theocratic Warfare. So I specifically went and looked it up on their website. And right here on JW.org is a section on Using theocratic war strategy. I just want to give it a quick skim, so let's read it and see what it has to say. A witness of Jehovah was going from house to house in eastern Germany when she met a violent opposer. Knowing at once what to expect, she changed her red blouse for a green one in the very next hallway. No sooner had she appeared on the street than a communist officer asked her if she had seen a woman with a red blouse. No, she replied, and went on her way. Did she tell a lie? No, she did not. She was not a liar. Rather, she was using theocratic war strategy, hiding the truth by action and word for the sake of the ministry. In this, she had good scriptural precedent. Did not Rahab hide the Israelite spies by both action and word? Did not Abraham, Isaac, David, and others likewise hide the truth at times when faced with a hostile enemy? They certainly did, and never do we read a word of censure for their doing so. Rather, we read of their being termed exemplary servants of Jehovah. Their actions are in line with Jesus' wise counsel. Look, I am sending you forth as sheep amidst wolves therefore prove yourselves cautious as serpents and yet innocent as doves. This kind of gives you an idea of what they believe. It's okay to lie and cheat. It's okay if you don't tell the truth, if you manipulate people, if you are serving the cause. Now here's the real crux of the issue. Any of us would look at this and say, you know you're, you're saving an innocent person's life. That's perfectly acceptable. The scenario that they laid out in this would be acceptable morally to just about anybody, but it isn't about saving somebody's life. It's about what the elders expect you to say and do and think. The expectations are outlined by the elder body, not by morality. They define morality for you. So this magazine or whatever it is watchtower announcing jehovah's kingdom i guess it's the watchtower from 1957 it gives the broad overarching idea and then the gaps are filled in by friends and family and people in the jehovah's witness culture already they don't really spread the idea of theocratic warfare around a lot because they don't want the authorities to really be aware of the fact that they're okay with lying and manipulating if it's in service to the governing body. So they don't really talk about it a whole lot unless they're with somebody that they trust. That was my experience with it anyway. So hopefully that fills in the gaps for you. If you wanted to read more about it, like I said, just go, just type in Google jw.org theocratic warfare or use theocratic war strategy and this article will come right up and it'll explain what they think of it. It's been in other books too, not just in this old watchtower. It's, it's in other areas too. This email's from Lila. My name's Lila. I live in Fargo, North Dakota. My family isn't that religious, but I'm still scared to tell them that I don't believe in God. In fact, my brother goes to Sunday school. I guess what I'm asking is, what should I do? I already told my mom and she should and she said I should still go to church. Like I said, they aren't the super religious type, but also if you know anything about the Dakotas, you would know they're super religious. So what should I do? Thanks, love your channel, especially when the cats interrupt. Okay, I'll make sure I get more cat interruptions in the future. This is a decision that only you can make for yourself. I can tell you this though, there will most likely come a time when you can't pretend anymore. And that's going to put you in a difficult situation. You're going to have to come out and tell them you don't want to go anymore. You don't want to do this stuff anymore. You don't want to listen to this anymore. You don't want to participate. And that's going to cause a big rift. There's a possibility it'll cause a big rift at the very least. It could, it could cause problems between you and the rest of the family. Pushing that off as much as possible would be the ideal situation, would be the ideal goal. Try to push it off where you aren't so completely burned out on what's happening that you just go off on people and tell them you don't want anything to do with this anymore. If it's possible, lower the amount of time that you spend going to church every month. Maybe go like every other week or something. Try to fade out if at all possible. I don't know if that's possible in your situation or not. Only you know what you're capable of in your situation. But don't let yourself get to the point where you're so burned out that you're going to explode on people because that's definitely a quick way to out yourself as an atheist or an non-believer and things could get ugly from there. So good luck. I hope things go okay. I hope that your family is understanding, more understanding than you might expect. Who knows? Here's an email from Thomas. Hi there. Do Jehovah's Witness members believe in meditation? And how are you and your daughter? From Thomas from Denmark. I appreciate that. Uh, We're doing okay. Just got vaccinated with our booster shots and the flu shot. Like yesterday. It has knocked us on our asses. It has not been fun dealing with this. We are so fucking sick. Or I am at the very least. And Kylie said she had a pretty rough night too. We're making it. At least we're not in the hospital with COVID, that's a plus, right? Regarding your other question, do Jehovah's Witness members believe in meditation? It depends on what you mean by meditation. A lot of the time you'll hear Jehovah's Witnesses talking about and encouraging meditation. Well, what they mean when they say meditation is praying to Jehovah, reading all of their articles and studying their magazines and stuff like that. If you mean mindfulness meditation, then I would say no, they are not in favor of that. They believe yoga is demonic. They have a lot of weird beliefs about meditation and stretches of various sorts, but they do encourage meditation the way they define it. So hopefully that answered your question. I've actually been streaming on Twitch lately on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I've been playing Breath of the Wilds and just hanging out and talking to people. That's been pretty cool. I definitely qualify to be an affiliate now. I think I have like an average of 35 active viewers on average, and I need 75 to get partnered. But uh, like I said, no rush. You know, these things will happen. Growth with social media has to happen organically. So don't feel pressured to go over if you don't want to. It's going to be perfectly fine. Next, we're going to talk about how Shane Vaughn is absolutely obsessed with Trump. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media. Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, TelltaleAtheist.com. Next story I wanted to talk about is about a guy named Shane Vaughn. I've talked about him a few times before, but I want to give you guys a little bit of a refresher because he had some real weird stuff to say recently. This is Shane Vaughn, early January 2022, giving us some insight into how he views Black Lives Matter and Antifa and other groups like that. Check this clip out.
2: BLM does not seek peace. It seeks war. It does not seek understanding. It seeks tyranny.
0: Actually, it seeks equality. That's what it seeks. And the fact that you seem to think that Black Lives Matter wants war and tyranny tells me all I need to know about you. You have drank the Kool-Aid, taken a nice deep gulp of it, and are now at the point where you believe the culture war and whatever it has to say about it. But I digress let's keep listening
2: blm is demons and you tell them i said so
0: okay um i will i don't think anybody in black lives matter gives a shit if you think they're demons but all
2: right my mailing address, P.O. Box 2757, Bay St. Louis, Mississippi, 39521. You demon spirit called B.E.L.I.M., I curse you in the name of Yeshua the Messiah for what you have done in the United States of America. You Nephilim demon spirit, shut down your demands. America will not succeed or I'll cede to your tyranny.
0: Okay, first of all, I don't think anybody wanted your mailing address. I don't think anybody even gave a shit, but thank you. Was that a subtle way to give us your mailing address without, like, being obvious about it? I don't know. Why did he even give us the mailing address? That was just strange. And second, Black Lives Matter wants equality. Now, you may disagree on what equality looks like, but that's what they're fighting for. That's what they've always been fighting for. There is also a difference between the organization, Black Lives Matter, and the movement, Black Lives Matter. A lot of people who believe in the movement, Black Lives Matter, just want equality. That's it, man. There's no political hidden agenda down there that they're trying to sneak by you. There's no, you know, demon affiliation or any of that shit. It's just people trying to be equal parts in the society that we all live in and that's it. It's so incredibly bizarre to listen to this guy claim that they're Nephilim. You
2: Nephilim! Demon spirit! Shut down your demands!
0: Okay, weren't the Nephilim like... where demons came to Earth during Noah's day and they had children with the humans and the children that they had were the Nephilim. They were like tall and strong and unnatural, all that stuff. Are there demons coming to Earth right now, marrying people and having children with them? And the children are Black Lives Matter protesters? Is that what... We're saying this isn't the only guy that's talking about Nephilim right now either. There's Stella Emanuel. She's talking about Nephilim. She's saying that people who get vaccinated are being turned into Nephilim. Rick Wiles says the exact same thing. What is this weird, sudden obsession with Nephilim right now? Now Black Lives Matter protesters or activists are Nephilim. It gets weirder.
2: Surrender to your demands. Why? Because no demand they ever make will satisfy their demon minds.
0: All anybody wants is equal treatment and equal respect in society. That's it. That's all anybody has ever wanted. Well, you know, there are people out there who are supremacists and separatists. That's a problem. That's not Black Lives Matter. That's not Black Lives Matter. That's not even what the organization stands for. That's not what the movement or the people stand for. They don't stand for supremacy. And if they did, I wouldn't support that. All anybody has ever wanted is equality, that's it. But you know, this story isn't about Black Lives Matter. That's not what I'm getting into. I just played that clip, even though this video is really about his latest clip where he bought these Trump coins. I wanna talk about that one, but before I do, I wanna lay the groundwork and show you where he sits on this culture war issue. So we've pretty much established how he feels about Black Lives Matter. They're demon Nephilim from the pit of hell. Watch this one. Mid-December 2021, it should give some insight into how he feels about masks.
2: Until you get that faith, you're not on the same page as God. And therefore, COVID-19 is never leaving this earth. It is waiting on a church to come out of their isolation and to stand in faith and declare enough is enough.
0: What does that even mean? I don't understand. covid nineteen's waiting for a church to come out of hiding and say enough is enough? I don't think that he thought that statement through very well. Yeah, that is what covid nineteen's waiting for. Of course, it's not sentient. It has just been waiting for people to come out of quarantine so it can... Ravage entire populations. That's exactly right. Is that what you're trying to tell us, Shane Vaughn? I think you're suddenly. I think you've suddenly found yourself on the wrong side of this culture war. You seem to be on my side here. Stay inside for safety's sake. That is not how he actually views things. I have to imagine he just misspoke with that. Keep listening.
2: Do you know why Satan hates when you won't put a mask on your face? Because you're screaming loud. I have no fear.
0: Hang on, let me just listen to that one more time.
2: Do you know why Satan hates when you won't put a mask on your face?
0: Because satan hates when you don't put a mask on because you scream i have no fear this coming from the group of people who wear guns to walmart who wear it on like in their holster open carry guns in walmart just in case they need it you know i'm not afraid not afraid not afraid so i don't wear masks because i'm not okay i just wear the gun for aesthetics that's it these people hold contradictory views and they realize that they do. They recognize the fact that their entire worldview is pretty much non-cohesive. It doesn't fit together at all. But when you realize why they're doing this is ultimately to own the libs, to hurt their enemy. Every decision they make, everything that they say suddenly makes sense. It is not about principle or morality or beliefs it's about owning the libs it's about hurting their enemy hurting the other let's keep listening
2: i have <laughs> no When you've got a mask up church trying to lay hands on somebody for healing, you've walked into the biggest lie you've ever seen. Don't you ever wear one in this building. Don't you ever come here and bring your fear in the midst of our faith. We are a victorious church. We are a healed church. We walk in healing no matter what.
0: They walk in heels? Is that what he said? That's really sad, dude. This guy is literally putting people's lives in danger. Instead of following the science, accepting the science as it's, as we know it right now, this dude is outright encouraging people to put their lives in danger. Honestly, what's the sacrifice that you're making by putting a piece of cloth over your face? Such a basic, minimalist sacrifice. I don't like wearing a fucking mask, but I wear one out of respect for the people around me. He doesn't want to show respect to the people around him. It's selfishness to the core. And I just wanted to point this out because it'll show you exactly where he falls on the political spectrum. It'll show you what he believes and how he feels about culture war issues. That's not where the craziness ends. Check out this next clip. This is early January, 2022. He takes his mask belief system out of the church and into the real world, and he gets himself into a little confrontation on an airplane with some people. He refused to wear a mask on an airplane, and he got himself into some hot water over it. This clip came out early January 2022. Check this one out.
2: I'm surprised I ain't in jail. If I go to jail, y'all better bond me out. Don't let me sit in there all night. Give me my cot, my cookies, until somebody bonds me out.
0: Okay, so... He knows what he did is very likely going to get him sent to jail. Like I said, this clip came out about a month ago. I doubt anything's going to come of it at this point. But he knows he did something wrong. He knows he did something wrong. This guy's a mega pastor. Uh, Like, he runs a mega church, effectively. He's got plenty of money. He doesn't need your money. But he's asking for it anyways. If I go to jail, I expect you to bond me out
2: listen all joking aside these people
0: have lost their minds
2: and they keep expecting everybody to sit down there lay down there and take it
0: well guess what um i'm sorry (laughs) those are his next words those weren't my next words i meant to say now remember he just said all joking aside Listen to what he says next in this non-joke segment that he's about to tell us.
2: They keep expecting everybody to sit down there, lay down there, and take it. Well, honey, I'm not no homosexual. I don't lay down for nobody. I don't take it from nobody.
0: This guy has deep issues, deep, deep issues, and it's really sad. Obviously, we know exactly where he fell on the culture war issues. A while back, there was this deep controversy going on between... Trump and a bunch of his big-name supporters. Greg Locke, Shane Vaughn even, is involved in this whole controversy thing. Just about every megachurch pastor who loved Trump deeply had something to say about Donald Trump's position on vaccines. Trump's been endorsing vaccines, which I'm so incredibly glad for. I'm so happy Trump's been endorsing vaccines. It's a win-win situation. Not only does he lose... Voters, because they're outraged by what he's doing, but also he gets some people vaccinated. Maybe not many of his supporters, but some of them, at the very least, are going to get vaccinated because he is encouraging it, right? Win win. A lot of megachurch pastors took issue with Donald Trump endorsing the vaccines, namely Greg Locke. That's probably the biggest loss. Greg Locke is one of Donald Trump's biggest megachurch supporters. And It seems to me that Greg Locke is fucking sick of Donald Trump since he endorsed the vaccines. Genuinely surprised by that.
3: Stop sitting on your butt and waiting for Donald Trump to do something in this nation. Whether he runs or not is on him, not on me.
1: But I'm sick of Trump worship in this church. I'm telling you right now, on the authority of the Bible, if Donald Trump does not get out in front of this vaccine nonsense. He is going to lose his voter base in the next coming election. I'm telling you, it's going to happen.
0: So what did Shane Vaughn have to say when Donald Trump came out and started endorsing the vaccines? It was actually unexpected, but fascinating. Listen to this. This is Shane Vaughn's response to Trump's endorsement of the vaccines.
2: Now, many people have told me that, um, you know, they're losing faith in Donald Trump because of his stand on the vaccine. Let me correct you. You're not losing faith in Donald Trump because it was not Donald Trump that put Donald Trump in that office. Four years before Donald Trump was ever known about running for office, Yahweh, the God of heaven, spoke through the mouth of a prophet and said that, a man named Donald would be put into the White House and that that man, Donald, would be the servant of Yahweh to restore America. And guess what else that man, that God said? That this man would serve two terms. So if you're losing faith in Donald Trump, you're really losing faith in the God that put him in office. And that's a dangerous thing.
0: This sounds an awful lot like this guy views Trump as the new Jesus. I talked about this in another clip recently, but Johnny Enlow has a similar view. Johnny Enlow believed that we were going to stop referring to our current age as B.C. and A.D., or as Christians view it, before Christ and after death, and start calling it B.T. and A.T., before Trump and after Trump,
3: I was asking the Lord about it. He hadn't told me I was like, Lord You still haven't showed me and then on March right when I'm saying that I have this Oh, it's not an open vision, but it was a vision and so I was like Lord as I'm saying that what the first thing he said is He is going to save you from things. You don't know you need to be saved from yet And then the Lord progressively began to speak regarding that and he said "This time in the presidency is going to be a hinge of the ages and be known as before Trump and after Trump because of the way I'm going to use him. I'm using him as a Trump card, but I'm the Trump card player. And so your nation will be known as before Trump and after Trump. And he said the nations will be known as before Trump,
0: after Trump. If that isn't replacing Jesus with Donald Trump, I don't know what is, honestly. And this guy views it the same way. I just wanted to establish how much this guy loves Donald Trump before watching the next clip. Now, this next clip I wanted to watch, this is late January, 2022. It's a weird one. Check it out.
2: I am one of the few human beings on earth that holds in my hand what I'm about to show you. I am so excited about it.
0: I'm waiting with bated breath.
2: Officially, official money, God's money,
0: Wait, God's money? God's money? Is it like heaven bucks or something?
2: Silver Eagle coin. This is not a doubloon. This is not, this is the real, it's the only government money, official money in the world with my president
0: on it. This, (laughs) this coin has Donald Trump's face on it. And he's calling it God's money. Does it get any more on the nose than that? Donald Trump's face is on this coin and he's calling it God's money. He really does view Trump as the new Messiah. He really does. Let's keep listening.
2: Look how beautiful that is. I bought 10 of these. Look at that with that American flag behind our president. I bought 10 of these and I bought them for $250 a piece.
0: Holy shit, dude, you spent $2,500 on a Donald Trump coin?
2: And now some of them are already selling for $1,000 on eBay.
0: I doubt that, we will find out in a second.
2: Oh, I tell you what, this is gonna be priceless one day.
0: No, I, I seriously, deeply doubt it. To the bottom of my heart, I seriously doubt it, in fact, I would be willing to bet this guy doesn't know anything about how collecting works. I happen to know how collecting works. I have a pretty extensive retro game collection that I've been collecting for years. Super Nintendo, PlayStation 1, original Nintendo, GameCube, all of it. I have every console from 1987 to 2005, maybe. The only generation I don't have is like the current generation and then the PS3, Xbox 360, and Wii U. I don't have those. Everything before those I have. And I happen to know that what he's saying here doesn't really make sense from a collector's point of view. So first of all, he's saying he bought these for $250, bought 10 of them, right? and they're selling on eBay for $1,000, okay? Well, it just so happens you can buy them still, they are still on the market for sale for $219 each right now. Why would people be selling them for $1,000 on eBay if you can still purchase them right now from the company for $219? Here's another little tidbit about collecting that not everybody knows. What the eBay listing says, is not necessarily what it's worth let's see so pokemon emerald right now is selling for let's see buy it now people are charging 150 to 180 dollars uh 200 for this one let's see 269 for this version of pokemon emerald Hundred and fifty for this one. Let's go to pricecharting.com and see what it's actually worth. Pricecharting.com is a website that looks at past eBay sales and sees like what what it's selling for right now, like what you should be asking for right now versus what people actually are asking for. What you what you can expect to get out of an item. Here we go. Pokemon Emerald, Game Boy Advance. Looks like Pokemon Emerald is only worth about $109 right now. But if you notice on eBay, they're asking for $150. This person is asking for $125. This one's asking for $119, $200, $150 to $180. It varies. So what people are asking for on eBay is not actually what it's worth. Go on the left side, click Sold Items, and see what these things are selling for really and you know kind of average them out over a certain span of time that's what you can probably expect to get for it anyways I don't really give a shit if people are selling this Donald Trump coin on eBay for a thousand dollars you can buy it from the company for 219 and I have to tell you Shane Vaughn Genuinely, I honestly think you just made a really, really bad financial decision buying 10 of these coins for $2,500. I cannot imagine your wife is very happy with that decision. Oh, and on another note, since we're talking about it, if you look at this tweet from Right Wing Watch, MAGA pastor Shane Vaughn is overjoyed about possessing the only official money in the world with Trump's face on it. Those coins will undoubtedly come in handy if Vaughn ever visits the Republic of Cameroon, which is the only place it is legal tender. MAGA pastor Shane Vaughn brags about buying 10 silver coins featuring Trump for $250 apiece, claiming that they're going to be priceless one day. I seriously deeply doubt it, and I am so sorry that this guy is so completely brainwashed by what's, you know, by Donald Trump by everything related to Donald Trump. It is so sad. I wish there was some way to help this guy escape this new reality that he's put himself in. Captain Gars, Mr. Vaughn is a dangerous man. I just don't know if he's doing it on purpose or if he's just a fanatic. He's still a homophobe, thus unacceptable. Exactly. I think he's a true believer. And, oh, you guys need more treats. Not only do I think he's a true believer, but I also think that he mixes some manipulative tactics in with it. He can be a true believer and simultaneously be scamming people. I think that's possible, and I think that's kind of what we see here. Johnny Enlow, on the other hand, I don't think there's any desire in that guy to scam people. I just think that he is truly, deeply... A real, true believer, that guy. He certainly takes advantage of people. He certainly takes their money still and all that stuff, but I don't think his motivations are to get money. Shane Vaughn, on the other hand, has a criminal record of taking advantage of people, of running scams to get money out of life insurance policies that weren't his. He has a history, even has mugshots, of him going to jail for running this life insurance policy scam. In my opinion, money is a factor with Shane Vaughn. I think he's a true believer, but I also think he's a grifter, both. Alma Tadero, the $250 did not come out of his pocket, so you're exactly right. Absolutely right. Came out of your grandmother's pocket, your uncle's pocket, your mom's pocket. All of those crazy relatives that come to Thanksgiving dinner and talk about how much they love Trump and how much they hate Black Lives Matter came out of their pockets. Their hard-earned money is what paid for that. Chandler Slesiak aren't these pastors like Shane Vaughan basically committing idolatry and breaking the first commandment by worshiping Trump? Lamao. Basically, yeah, they are. I've also mentioned this before, but there was an actual literal golden statue of Donald Trump. A golden Trump statue, no joke. And they don't see... The irony here, the last time a golden statue was made in the Bible, God wasn't too keen on that, if I remember correctly. But they don't give a shit. They're not even connecting the fucking dots. It blows my mind, honestly. Next, we're going to talk about Saturday Night Live comedian Jim Brewer's departure from reality as he goes full QAnon. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You guys know Jim Brewer, right? I'm probably the last person to talk about this story, but he put out a really weird video a while back. Video came out mid-December, where he was pretending to be like a cockatoo. There's a reason why I'm hitting this now instead of mid-December. It's because more shit's come out about this guy. If you're unfamiliar with the cockatoo video, we will get there. We're gonna get there. Just bear with me through this. Basically, Jim Brewer is a comedian, who is on Saturday Night Live. He's pretty big and famous, honestly. Very big and famous. He's incredibly influential. And guess where he's been performing lately? The Reawaken America conference. Alongside Mike Lindell, Greg Locke, and all of the other people out there who are completely unhinged from reality. It's effectively a QAnon conference. And Jim Brewer of Saturday Night Live has been performing there and interviewing with the hosts. This is a problem for me. I'll tell you what, why don't we just watch this first interview? This is early December, 2021, where he does an interview with the host of the Reawaken America tour. Clay Clark, I think his name is. He gives an interview to him and then we'll move on to the cockatoo story because there, there's a lot to dig into here. Give this a listen.
3: Can you talk to me about comedy And why comedy is, or maybe you don't, maybe you don't agree, but why comedy is truly one of the last places where completely free speech is
1: allowed. The jester was the greatest, most important person since the beginning of time, because the jester comes, he kind of brings his message, people laugh, and then he leaves. And hopefully some people go, Hey, what did that guy just say?
0: Okay, you know, I can kind of respect what he's getting at here. It it seems like what he's laying out is the joker, the jester, can tell his jokes, and he can kind of mix an important message in there for everybody, right? A message that may not be desirable otherwise. But he packages the message up in a way that is desirable, that is funny. Makes it subtle, but pointed so that when he leaves, people start thinking, they start questioning, you know, maybe he's right. I, I, I can get on board with that, actually. But I have some rules. First of all, don't be a shithead. Don't attack people for no reason. Don't attack their race, don't attack their sexuality. Criticism is okay. Attacking and degrading is not. There's a distinct difference there. So if you're coming in and you're making a joke that's okay with me, but if you're making it at somebody's expense, that's when it becomes a problem for me. I don't give a shit if you say it in joke form or not. Being racist isn't okay with me, period. You can be racist, and whether you say it in joke form or not, I'm going to have a problem with that. So when this guy Clay Clark said what he said here.
3: It is truly one of the last places where completely free speech is allowed.
0: We have freedom of speech in the United States. You're not gonna go to jail for something that you say. But saying something that's racist means you will most likely face social consequences for that. That's just what it is. You don't wanna face social consequences, then don't be racist. But you know what, like I said, so far I'm with Jim Brewer on what he's saying. The jester can come in and tell a joke, and if he's subtle, He can touch on some subjects that may be a little bit more taboo that he wants people to think about. I'm on board so far.
1: Also make you think. And if you shut down that, and it's the last thing with free speech, comedy heals, and comedy is the most important element of human
0: existence, if you ask me. Okay, I can definitely see a comedian taking that perspective. I would say medicine is probably more important. Um, Science, those are probably a little bit higher on my list, but I guess I get why a comedian would say it's comedy. Let's continue. It is a thing that can heal you from... You're thinking medicine. You're thinking medicine. Medicine heals. Comedy makes people laugh.
1: From just the worst tragedy in life, the worst sickness you're dealing through.
0: Medicine, again. Medicine heals people from sickness. Not comedy. I just want to make sure we're on the same page here.
1: If you don't have comedy, you're in serious trouble. You need to be humbled. You need humility in life.
0: What does that have to do with comedy? I feel like we're getting off track here, Jim. What's happening? You need humility in life. And that is...
1: That is the es- one of the essence of life. Faith, comedy, you need all that.
0: What? None of this makes any sense. And what makes it even worse is there was a whole bunch of shit in the middle of that that didn't make any sense that I had to cut out for time purposes. He started talking about iPhones and being offended and all kinds of bizarre shit that didn't make any sense. I digress. That brings us to his actual appearance at the Reawaken America conference. I wanted to play this because this guy obviously has a clear bead on what comedy is, right? He has a a clear understanding of what it means to be a comedian. He knows how a joke is constructed. So let's listen to a well-crafted joke by Mr. Jim Brewer.
1: You know what a cockatoo is? A cockatoo (laughs) is like, And that's what everyone's become. (laughs) Little cockatoos staring at the screen. Facts and figures, facts and figures. Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci. (laughs) Uh, Trust the science, trust the science.
0: You know the saddest part about this whole thing. By the way, I'm laughing out of secondhand embarrassment, not because it's funny, it's not. It's fucking stupid. The saddest part about this whole thing is the fact that his wife got cancer a few years ago, D Brewer. And guess what? He trusted the science then. He looked at the facts and figures then, but on this one issue, of course we know he's talking about COVID. What the fuck else could he be talking about at a QAnon conference criticizing facts and figures and Dr. Fauci? Of course that's what he's doing. At this one conference, he chooses to criticize science. But when his wife's life was on the line, he went to those specialists. He read the literature on the subject. He talked to those doctors. He believed them. He listened to them. He paid them probably grotesque amounts of money. Don't get me started on the healthcare system in the U.S. We'll be here all day. But he trusted them so much with her life that he paid them grotesque amounts of money, undoubtedly, to save it. And here we are on the other side with him mocking the medical profession, mocking the scientific research that saved his wife's life. I wasn't originally going to cover this because this is just about some other right-wing guy being a wingnut, right? This happens. My channel isn't about politics or right-wingers. It's not about that. It's about cults and religious movements, the mixture of religion and politics. That's what my channel really is about. That's what I talk about. Well, this just crossed into Cult territory. There's another video that came out from Jim Brewer after this one came out. I mean, the fact that he went to the Reawaken America QAnon conference honestly should have been enough in the first place for me to cover it, but I decided to hold my tongue and not say a word because truthfully, I had other things to talk about. I mean, it's just a cockatoo joke, you know? But there's more. Let's finish out the clip of the cockatoo joke and then we're going to move on to the next video that he put out.
1: Uh, specialist, specialist, numbers going up, numbers going up, one mass, two marks, fascinated, double th-
0: ah! <laughs> I honestly don't actually see what's funny about this. Um, I try to put myself in these situations, like would I find this funny if I bought into this worldview? I don't think so. Even so, aside from that, even if I did, What he said a minute ago about the jester coming in, making everybody laugh, and then they kind of think to themselves, hey, wait a minute. That's not the situation he's put himself in here. He has made himself repulsive to one-half, at least, minimum, one-half of the population. From my understanding, the way he described it, it seemed like the court jester was supposed to make everyone laugh, everyone, right? and then make some of them think to themselves, wait a minute, he's just making half the people completely repulsed by it. This isn't funny, this isn't a joke in any way, this is just garbage. That is why I say it is a poorly crafted joke. If you really want to accomplish those goals, you want to make everybody laugh and make some people think afterward, you should make the joke at least a little bit amusing. To everybody. Find some way to make the joke attractive at least a little bit to everybody. He didn't do that at all. He's walking around stage making fun of Dr. Fauci, a doctor who's trying to save people's lives and pretending to be an obnoxious bird. That brings us to the next clip. Late January 2022 is when this one came out. He made an appearance on a full blown QAnon podcast, effectively a podcast, okay? He had some real weird shit to say. This is why I decided to cover this guy now. I could have covered the Reawaken America tour video where he pretended to be a cockatoo, but everybody covered it, and I felt like it was done to death. Well, now it's crossed into new territory. Now he is fully QAnon. Listen to this clip.
1: I'm telling you people, when you see this, it's a very special club. You had to be indoctrinated to get that club.
0: Let me give you context for this. This guy seems to believe, Jim Brewer of Saturday Night Live, that people who cover half of their face like this are signaling to their fellow cabal members, to their fellow Satanists, to their fellow child sacrifice ritualists. Pick the Jewish trope, the Jewish conspiracy from the 1940s, that's who he's talking about those people the elites the hollywood elites those are the people that cover half their face like this and there's an origin to what he's talking about here i'll get into it in a minute
1: when you see black
0: eyes that's a club you have to be indoctrinated by that club there you go
1: that's the meat dress
0: Uh, He's talking about Lady Gaga's dress. He believes this to be a meat dress. He believes that it's like part of satanic rituals that she was performing. And in a video by Lady Gaga and by Katy Perry and many others, they flash symbols. One of the symbols they flash is covering their face like this or, or covering it like this or covering it with half of their hat like he did a minute ago or wearing sunglasses in a certain way, he believes all of this symbolism is calling out to their fellow Satanists, to their fellow elites, and you have to be indoctrinated to be a member of that club. So he's showing this quote-unquote meat dress that Lady Gaga wore, supposedly. Of Lady Gaga. Now, you
1: ain't telling me she joined a special, creepy, demonic club. And... When these people are finally put in that category, the demons that are pulling their strings put them on the highest, highest ladder to become popular, to sway everyone in the wrong direction. It's been a classic move since the beginning of time. Roman Empire, it goes on and on and on and on.
0: He unironically believes that demons are at the top of the entertainment industry, at the top of the every industry, pulling strings and making people famous, basically to sell their souls. They have to sell their souls to become famous and rich. And once they do, they shoot to the very top. And it gets even worse than that. This guy claims to have been one of the people who received that offer from demons. Listen to this.
1: Now, there is an underlying thing, which I know you know about, Jimbo, where people say symbolism will be their downfall. That's right. That's There's right. many different symbolisms. But all your pop stars, all your right. big stars, CEOs that do this, that cover the eye, that do this, I'm telling you right now, this you better take a couple say. steps. That, yeah, that, Do you have to take a couple steps back, take away your emotions and really investigate poor Katy Perry. And I don't I can't blame these people. I just could only imagine how tormented they must have been at one point emotionally, spiritually and been conned to go a certain way. I have been conned multiple times. I've been tried to be swayed. Multiple times
0: people have tried to sway him or demons have tried to sway him tried to convince him to be part of this Industry if he just sells his soul to demons Then he'll shoot to the very top. This is complete disconnection from reality seriously, this guy is now full-blown QAnon and That is why I felt comfortable covering him now. I didn't want to cover him before because so many other people were about that cockatoo story this is another level past it this is complete paranoia land where he lives now so i
1: just thought that was fascinating and it was so and they keep saying you know if you look on the internet blah blah, blah they'll say things like it's so blatantly obvious when i saw this lady gaga display i was like this is they're not even they're not even hiding it it's right. so comical now the more we saw just like the Disney movie we presented at one time. He's, they're presenting it. Well, but it's all coming out It's all coming out
3: into the light now, which this is a good thing. This has been going on forever, like you said. But now all of a sudden, are we waking up? Or is, uh, <clears throat> is, um, I guess we're waking up. I don't know. Where, are we just noticing it now? <clears throat> or were they forced into the light? you know because now like you said it's symbolism everywhere now you can look you can see it you can do a database where like you could let me pull up all the thing all the people with uh one eye covered and all that stuff
0: these people are seeing symbols and signs everywhere believe that every time they turn a corner people seem to be watching them because they know that they're on to them they seem to think that when they turn a corner and they see somebody cover their face, it's a sign that the demons know where they are and they know that they're watching them because they're onto them. They know, they know their secrets. What is it like to live in such a paranoid state 24-7? What is that like? I feel so bad for these people, so bad, that they can't just pull it together and live normal lives as normal members of society because they're in paranoia mode 24-7 looking for symbols everywhere, looking for patterns everywhere. When you become a QAnon member, you basically eat yourself alive with fear and paranoia. And if you doubt that, then just go to the QAnon Casualties subreddit. There's an entire subreddit dedicated to documenting the lives that people have lost to this belief system. It is a genuinely heartbreaking place to be, to hear people tell their stories of losing their mom, or their dad, or their uncle, or their sister, or their brother, to this bizarre belief system. And guess what? We can count one more in the QAnon ranks. Jim Brewer. You know, honestly, I used to watch Jim Brewer when I was little. When I was 12, I started homeschooling. I was completely isolated from society as a Jehovah's Witness. I was taken out of society entirely, had no contact with the outside world. The only people I talked to, ever, were my mom and my dad. Both had bipolar disorder. It affected me negatively, very, very negatively. But I was homeschooled for four years, and alone with those two people, nobody else for the entire time so sometimes i would sit there during the day and i would watch live news broadcasts because i wanted to have some kind of a connection with the outside world you guys ever heard of the call of the void it's this feeling you get when like you're standing on a cliff and you kind of want to jump but you're you know you have no internal feelings like that like you're not suicidal or anything you just have this weird desire to like jump over the edge That's called the call of the void. It's an emotion. I had a similar emotion when I was stuck at home with nobody to talk to. It was this call to connect with somebody else. And my only way of doing that was to watch CNN live broadcasts or Fox News Live or whatever where they would go to these events and they would interview people live on TV. It's like my only connection to the outside world. While I was homeschooling, I didn't watch news 24-7, live news. That was only when it got really bad. Outside of that, I actually watched a lot of Comedy Central. I watched a lot of Comedy Central stand-up routines. And Jim Brewer had his own Comedy Central special. I watched so much Jim Brewer when I was a kid, from 12 to 16, I think. I watched a lot of his stuff. It's really, really sad now to know that this guy has gone full QAnon. He is full QAnon. He is a full-blown believer. It's really heartbreaking for his family and, honestly, for himself. Next, we're going to talk about congressional candidate Mark Burns saying he's ready to fight for a Christian nationalist state. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. This is Mark Burns, if you're unfamiliar. I've covered this guy a few times. This clip is from mid-December 2021. I just talked about Jim Brewer going full-blown QAnon in the last clip. This is Mark Burns appearance at the same conference as Jim Brewer, the Reawaken America conference. Mid-December 2021, check this out. Any law, and I'm gonna tell you, let me go ahead and piss
3: off the mainstream media. Because every time I open my mouth and I say, that any law that is that is a law right now that's contrary to the word of God should be outlawed and abolished in this
0: nation. Well, the reason that upsets people is because we don't live in a theocracy. We're supposed to live in a democracy that protects everybody's rights, not just Christians' rights. There are Muslims who live here too. There are atheists who live here in this country with you. You probably have... Muslim or atheist neighbors, Mark Burns. And what you're calling for by saying you want to abolish any law that doesn't match up with the Bible, what you're calling for is Christian supremacy. The founding fathers understood social contract theory. They understood that it's important to protect people's fundamental rights and they listed those rights course, they didn't list all of the human rights that I believe people have. The UN actually has a better list of human rights. I try to follow that list of rights instead. But ultimately, the government's responsibility is to protect my rights. It's not to enforce morality. It's not to protect Christians. It's not to protect anybody. It's not about that. It's about protecting people's rights. Nothing more. I have a right to life, liberty, and security of person, according to the UN, or the pursuit of happiness, according to the Constitution. Thus, the government protects my right to life and punishes anybody who violates it. If somebody comes in and they murder me or something, the government would step in and punish that person for it because they violated my right to life. That's what the government does. It isn't about enforcing morality, like Mark Burns seems to think here. He wants Christian supremacy. I want equality. Let's keep listening.
3: Do you believe that Jesus should be at the center of American politics
2: in the United States of America?
0: No. I believe that protecting people's rights should be at the center of politics in America. Nothing more. The government should not have an opinion on morality. We're here to take
3: over. I can't hear nobody, patriots. We're here to take over. God help me. We're here to take over. We're here to take over.
0: This is a, a massive QAnon supporter, by the way, at a QAnon conference saying he wants Jesus at the center of politics, and he wants any laws that contradict Christianity to be abolished, and he's here to take over. Here's a clip from late October 2021. I just want to give you a more rounded out idea of what he believes and how he feels about things. Listen to this.
3: i got to recruit Greg Locke to run for federal office. I don't know. We, we need him in office. I can't hear nobody. If you really want to see life change, the gospel of Jesus just can't stay in the house of God. We need politicians who would take the glory of God that's in the temple of God and take it to the halls of Congress, to the halls, y'all not talking back to me.
0: So this guy clearly wants religion to be an integral part of society, not just society, but government. He wants government to enforce religious beliefs. I'm not sure who posted this picture. I saw this on Twitter. In fact, I think it may have been underneath one of the videos that I saw in here. But this is a perfect description, a perfect illustration of what this guy believes and how he feels. Two women sitting on a park bench eating ice cream. Guy walks up to him and says, my beliefs forbid me from eating ice cream in the park on Mondays. And they say, then don't do it. And he says, you don't understand, as I believe that you also are forbidden to do so. This is how the religious treat others. Fundamentally, that's the problem. You want to have your beliefs be my guest. But guess what? I'm not wearing a hijab. I'm not going to force my family to wear a hijab, and I wouldn't expect you to submit to wearing a hijab either or your family members wearing a hijab. In the same vein, you cannot force us to live your lifestyle, your morality. Muslims aren't going to force their moral system on you. You aren't going to force yours on us. That's how this is supposed to work. Anything other than that, and it's supremacy that you're seeking. It seems pretty obvious to me that's what he wants, supremacy. That brings us to the next clip. This is the latest one I've got, late January, 2022. He had some weird shit to say about the song Jingle Bells. Listen to this.
3: They are removing Jingle Bells, the song, from school curriculums because they felt it was too Christian of a song. This is a direct attack on us Christians, a direct attack on our faith.
0: You know, honestly, I I may automatically believe that some school district yanked the song from their roster if he had picked anything except Jingle Bells. When I was growing up, I was a Jehovah's Witness, a little kid. I was probably 10. Jingle Bells was the only winter song I was allowed to sing as a young Jehovah's Witness in music class because it, it isn't religious at all. It's not a religious song. Jehovah's Witnesses were okay with me singing Jingle Bells, but not Santa Claus is Coming to Town or any of the others that have religious undertones or overtones. So the fact that he's saying Jingle Bells very specifically was removed from schools, music classes, or curriculums, or whatever, is complete nonsense. I don't believe for a second that any school has removed Jingle Bells because it's too religious. Point out the religious part of it for me, please. Fuck it. You know what? Let's look up the lyrics to Jingle Bells. See if we can figure out what's religious about it. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. I have a way of killing the vibe when I read lyrics, don't I? Yeah, it's just repeated over and over and over again. That's it. There is nothing religious about the song Jingle Bells. Nothing! There is nothing religious about it. So the fact that he's sitting here telling me some school removed it for being too religious is complete bullshit. I do not believe him for one second. If I'm wrong, I will admit it. I will pin it to the top if somebody comments with a source proving some school district removed it for being too religious. But I deeply doubt it. I'm so confident that he's lying about this. I'm putting it on record. I don't believe it. And I will eat ten and I will eat ten nutter butter peanut butter sandwich cookies double nutty on the next clip that I put out as penance for being wrong on this, if somebody can prove me wrong.
3: Attack on our faith and our schools and our homes.
0: Trying to come up with things that it's an attack on. How many things are you gonna list? Schools, homes, what was it?
3: And our schools and our homes and our society.
0: Oh, they just three things, okay.
3: Is literally right now on its way to hell unless we turn back to God, turn back to Jesus, and, and we Christians stand up and fight just like the black rope regiment did.
0: Oh my God, dude, society is on its way to hell because Jingle Bells was removed from the school curriculum, which as I said, I put my reputation on the line I will eat 10 double nutty, nutter butter, peanut butter sandwich cookies on air, live, with no water. If somebody can prove to me that Jingle Bells was removed from a school because it's too religious. Our society's going to hell because that happened, supposedly. Oh, and by the way, down here it shows congressional candidate South Carolina's 4th district. He hasn't actually won the race yet, but he's running. And he's a QAnonner. This is something we should be keeping a close eye on. We do not need more QAnoners in Congress right now.
3: And, and we Christians stand up and fight just like the Black Rode Regiment did in the 1700s in this great a Revolutionary War. And I am proud to have my Black Rope Regiment coat that I wear along with my other brothers and sisters in the gospel. I am a Black Rope preacher and I'm going to preach the gospel of Jesus. In the halls of Congress, I'm going to bring the gospel of Jesus back to the center of American politics and bring this nation back to where it belongs.
0: I guess he's never heard of separation of church and state, huh? Although there was that guy recently who claimed that separation of church and state isn't real. I do not believe in separation of church and state. There is no such thing. The founders of this country, the founding fathers, they did not believe in separation of church and state. When you read the United States Constitution, nowhere in the United States Constitution do you read about separation of church and state. It does not exist. That's Josh Mandel for U.S. Senate in Ohio. Doesn't believe in separation of church and state. And that's pretty much where Mark Burns is right now too, congressional candidate South Carolina's 4th District. We have a problem in this country. And that problem is people don't seem to understand the difference between fact and opinion. They don't know the difference between the two. They can't identify which one is which. When Kylie was in, I don't know, some, somewhere between 4th and 6th grade, I don't remember where it was exactly, they had these fact and opinion tests that they would take. They were worksheets. You had to identify this statement as either a fact or an opinion, and then you had to come up with your own statement and identify if your own statement was a fact or an opinion. And there was this one kid in her class who put Donald Trump is my president as a fact, He put that down as a fact. Luckily, in that case, the teacher marked it wrong, because as much as you would like Donald Trump to be your president, he wasn't at that moment. The point is, we need more of those tests. In fact, I don't want people to move on to the next grade until they can flawlessly pass those tests. The fact that they aren't giving those tests every year of people's school career seems to be leading to people like this. It's leading to people like Josh Mandel in Ohio. You don't believe in separation of church and state? I don't give a shit if you believe in it or not. God is something that you believe in because there's no evidence to back it up. You need faith for that. And that's okay, you know? You have faith in God, that's fine with me. I have no problem with that. But you need to understand that it's an opinion, not a fact. There's a difference between the two. And the fact that people can't recognize that difference is concerning to me. Separation of church and state is well documented. Thomas Jefferson wrote about it extensively. It is in the Constitution, under the Establishment Clause. The Establishment Clause calls back to a longer conversation Thomas Jefferson had with Danbury Church on the subject. Promised Danbury Church in Connecticut that the government would not interfere with what was going on there. There would be a separation between the church and the state. They wouldn't get involved in each other's goings on. That's what separation of church and state is. This guy doesn't seem to fucking believe in it. Mid-November, 2021. This clip came out by Mark Burns on Real America's Voice. Check it out.
3: I'm excited about the growing movement, especially here in the fourth district of South Carolina, of people who are identifying themselves as just Christian conservatives. Right. We got to take it back to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe the people here at the 4th District of South Carolina are getting that. It's not just about being Republicans. It's about being a conservative Christian who believes this is a Christian nation and any policy that is contrary to the word of God, we need to remove it from uh, from mainstream America and make it illegal.
0: Well, you know, the first thing you'd have to remove is the freedom of speech clause. There is no room for freedom of speech in the Bible. The Bible never stood for freedom of speech. Never, not once. As a matter of fact, I think it, explicitly contradicts freedom of speech. The first commandment is, I am the Lord thy God, you shall have no other gods before me. That's erasing freedom of speech and freedom of religion. You're not allowed to have an opinion other than what is state-sanctioned. You're not allowed to believe in paganism. You're not allowed to believe in nothing at all. You have to believe in this specific Christian God and no other. And who picks which version of Christianity is the right one? You shall make no idols. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. A lot of this is curtailing freedom of speech freedom of expression keep the sabbath day holy honor your father and your mother you shall not murder i mean that's basically the only valuable one on this list the only one protected by law right now and that's not because the ten commandments or the bible said it it's because we protect people's rights everybody has a right to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness in the u.s and by killing them you're taking away their right to life it has nothing to do with morality it's just a protection of people's rights this guy wants to explicitly enforce biblical beliefs that is christian supremacy what are the muslims supposed to do in the united states what are they what are they supposed to do in response to that are they supposed to just get the fuck out that's what a lot of christian nationalists believe that's how a lot of them view it if you aren't a christian You should get the fuck out. Different nationalists have different levels of extreme ideas about how we should get people out who aren't Christian. Some believe we should straight-up deport them. Some people believe we should make their lives miserable until they leave of their own free will. And others believe we should take more dramatic measures. This guy is a Christian nationalist, and I don't know exactly where he falls on that spectrum. I don't know exactly what he thinks the right solution is to dealing with non-Christians in the United States, but I definitely don't want to find out, and hopefully I never will. But he's running for Congress right now, South Carolina's 4th District. If you live in South Carolina's 4th District, please don't let this guy win the race. Please. All that jazz, only thing I could find was the Ro- was a Rochester school that banned it because the first performance of Jingle Bells may have been in a minstrel show in 1857. Guess what? That's not because it was too religious, so I don't have to eat 10 Nutter Butters on stream with no water next time. So not yet anyways. We'll see if anything comes of it. John Stanley, Jingle Bells was the only song I could sing in music class too. If the guy had picked any other song other than Jingle Bells, I would have just totally overlooked it. I would have just been like, well, you know, there's probably a good reason. We don't need Christian music in schools and stuff. No, he picked Jingle Bells, the one non-religious song that even religious extremists are allowed to sing because it's so unreligious. It's hilarious. All that jazz. My guess is this guy probably saw a headline and assumed it was religious persecution without actually reading the article. I think you're being too charitable. I think the guy just made it up uh, right off the top of his head honestly. This guy, Mark Burns, I think he made this shit up. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week.